Good morning. Welcome to the meeting place. Uh, I'm super stoked to get to spend this Sunday morning with you. Uh, If we haven't had a chance to meet yet, my name is Peter, and I am the youth and young adults pastor uh, here at the meeting place. Um, So as you might have noticed, Gary was on drums today. He's usually up here speaking, and I'm usually back there uh, playing drums. But today we thought it'd be really fun to just flip for it. And so I don't know... Obviously, I'm speaking, but I don't know like who won, who lost, but this is what we're doing today. So I'm glad you're here with us on this adventure. Uh, so over the past month, we have been chatting through a series called Faves, where different folks from around here at the meeting place have been sharing verses uh, that have become their favorites. And today, uh, I'm excited that I get to wrap it up and share with you one of the verses that has become uh, my fave. So as long as I can remember, church has been a part of my life. Uh, I was born um, to, or when I was born, uh, my parents attended a tiny little church in the tiny little town of Euclid. Uh, And so uh, it wasn't long um, growing up in a Christian community that I was asked to and encouraged to start helping out. And so uh, when I was about 12 years old, I started drumming uh, with the music team. And a little bit later, I started helping out at my church's youth group. And I always had a lot of fun in these areas. And I think this was mostly because these were both very like high energy activities. And they both involved uh, interacting with people and being loud. Um, and so for those of you who know me, you know, you can probably imagine what the 12-year-old version of me would have been like and the type of energy that guy would have had. Um, and if you don't know me, what you need to know is that I'm a raging extrovert and I love listening to music and I love creating loud music. Um, so you can probably imagine the relief my parents felt just seeing my energy like get transferred somewhere else other than our living room. Um, so even though helping in those areas, um, even though I loved helping in those areas, There were other areas uh, around the church that when asked to help, I found it a little bit more difficult to muster up the same enthusiasm I had when it came to playing drums or uh, helping out at youth group. You see, every couple of months, uh, my church would have these things called work bees, where people from the church were encouraged to stick around after the Sunday service and help with the many cleaning needs of the church. And you know, these work bees, they included all of those typical uh, cleaning things that we, we like to put off. You know, vacuuming, washing bathroom sinks, scrubbing toilets, cleaning the kitchen, weeding the gardens, dusting, all kinds of stuff like this. And sitting in church as a young teen, I remember that whenever they announced these work bees, I would just cringe. Something inside of me just like shriveled up. And I remember feeling slowly sinking into my seat. And in my imagination at that time, you know, I, I must have thought that by sinking into my seat that maybe no one would see me and I could somehow avoid uh, being voluntold to help out at these work bees. But I just couldn't imagine why so many people were willing to give up a chill Sunday afternoon uh, to help out cleaning. You know, at that time, that was just something I was totally not into. My room could attest to that. Um, But looking back now, uh, something I didn't realize at the time was that people were so willing to give up their afternoon to volunteer because those afternoons weren't just about cleaning. They were about something more. Something we uh, talk about a lot here at The Meeting Place 
is God's love for us. And this gets me so stoked because for me, I don't think there's anything more beautiful and more powerful um, than the love of God in our universe. Um, But here's something that I've noticed. When we talk about love in our society, it's a topic that can be kind of vague when we think about it. Because when we use the word love, we can be using it to describe our feelings about all kinds of things. We can be talking about love for our significant other. We can be talking about love for our kids. We can love our friends. We can love pizza with pineapples, obviously. I know there's been some debate around that, but pineapples. You know, we can love a hobby. We can love any number of things. And what we mean when we use the word love in each of these situations is hopefully different. I mean, I I do think it would be kind of weird if you loved pizza as much as you love your family. Or maybe not. Maybe that is a normal thing for some people. Who knows? Not judging. I understand pizza is very good. In our everyday conversations, the word love can describe a wide range of emotions felt and expressed differently by an even wider range of people. So when we talk about God's love for us, and about us loving God and loving others, what kind of love are we actually talking about? In the days that Jesus spent traveling and teaching through ancient Israel, a common occurrence uh, was for him to experience run-ins with the religious authorities of the day, two of the main authorities being the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And These authorities were constantly questioning Jesus. They were trying to prove him wrong. And they were working to shut down his growing movement that threatened their social and political power and threatened their belief in strict adherence to Jewish religious law. It was in one of these run-ins after the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees with his answers to their questioning, that a bunch of the Pharisees got together to have their turn at questioning Jesus. So the story goes that one of them, a guy who was an expert in the law, an expert in religious Jewish law, tried to trap Jesus with this question. Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? And Jesus replied, You must love the Lord your God, with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. In other words, Jesus was saying that love for God and others was what the law was all about. It was the fulfillment and the completion of the whole of the Jewish scriptures. And for the people listening, this idea would have invoked two responses, liberating or infuriating. It would have been liberating for those who were trying and failing to follow a bunch of rules. And it would have been infuriating to those who felt like they were doing a pretty good job and they loved to enforce those rules on other people. But what kind of love was Jesus talking about when he said, love God 
and love others. What kind of love was Jesus talking about that fulfilled the whole of the Jewish law? Was it the same kind of love I have for pizza? Probably not. You know, I I think it was something more. So understanding the kind of love that Jesus was talking about here, it actually becomes easier when we take a look at the words that he spoke in the original language. Because unlike English, where there's only one word for love, uh, in other languages, these older languages that were used to write the Bible, um, they actually use many different words that can describe all kinds of love. Like in the ancient Greek language, which the New Testament was written in, a few different words that can all be translated to love are philea, like a love between best friends, storge, which is a familial love between a parent and a child, uh, and eros, which is a romantic love. In Jesus' run-in with the Pharisees, he was speaking Aramaic, and the word that he used for love was rahma, which later, as Jesus' message was being recorded and circulated through the Roman Empire that spoke Greek, uh, this word got translated to its Greek equivalent, agape, which was then translated to love in the English Bibles that we have today. And so one of the best definitions that I've found for agape love and the type of love that Jesus was talking about was by, by a guy named Dr. Tim Mackey. And he is um, you know, one of my favorite guys to listen to. He has this awesome channel on YouTube called The Bible Project. And if you're ever on YouTube watching Fail Army, you should type in The Bible Project and check that out too because it's awesome. Um, so this is what he said. He said, for Jesus, agape love is not primarily a feeling for someone else that happens to you. Like in our phrase, I fell in love. For Jesus, love is action. It's a choice that you make to seek the well-being of people other than yourself. In uh, September 2012, I moved to Nanaimo after spending some time working and volunteering at Camp Kiwanos in Crofton. And while I was there, I met a group of musicians from the meeting place. And I thought these guys were, were pretty awesome. So when I moved to Nanaimo... Uh, to go to school for mechanics, the meeting place was the first place that I wanted to check out. And so the week that I moved to Nanaimo was a bit of a whirlwind. Uh, Sunday was my last day working at Camp Kiwanos. Monday, I moved all my stuff to Nanaimo. Tuesday morning was my first class at the university. Tuesday evening, I had a music team meeting. Wednesday evening, I had a youth team meeting. Thursday evening, I had music practice. Friday evening was a youth event, and then Sunday was my first day at TMP. And believe it or not, I actually had a lot of fun that week, and I think it might have something to do with like the raging extrovert side of me, just meeting new people. But as I started to get to know the people of TMP, I was amazed at the welcome, at the love, and the acceptance that I felt coming from what seemed like every person that I met. And, and not only this, but... It was amazing to see the selfless love that each one of them was putting into action. Whether it was showing up early to put out signs, to run a soundboard, to run media, to teach in kids' place, each one was working to create a place for others to come and hear about God's love. And we're together creating an environment of the agape love that Jesus was talking about. 
looking back on my work bee dodging days in Euclid, I realized that this was the same love that was the more for the people who were so quick to give up their Sunday afternoons. And for me, these two communities were two pieces of a bigger picture of what God's agape love looked like and the power it has to motivate, to inspire people to action and really to make a practical difference in the world. A verse that has managed to crack my all-time faves list is one where this agape love is seen in a life-altering way. It's found in the New Testament um, in, a, in a New Testament letter that was written to a bunch of first century Christians who are a part of a church in the city of Philippi. And this is what it says. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. It's a pretty wild idea that the God of all would give it all up and become a human being for the purpose of dying. But where this verse gets really good is when we hear why Jesus took these actions. In Jesus' words, the purpose of these actions were to give away his life in exchange for the many who are held hostage. And the hostages in this metaphor are you and me. And our hostage taker is the power of death and the fear that can infiltrate and take over our lives as a result. With this insight... You know, this letter to the Philippians is telling the story of God's agape love for humanity. And I invite you to think about that for a second. What does that say about what you mean to God? That the God of the universe, the God who invented physics and dreamed up every creature on the planet... You know, not only felt a deep love for you and me, but he chose to put that love into action by becoming human and dying to pay the price of our freedom from fear and death. It's really hard to begin to imagine the magnitude of that. It's hard to conceptualize how a love like this can even be possible or try to think about the kind of impact that it can have on our world. So there's also another reason that this verse is one of my faves. Uh, And that is, uh, in its opening, the writer invites us to have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Through this verse, God is inviting us to partner with him on his mission of selfless agape love for our world. As I was writing this message, I came across another quote by Dr. Dr. Tim Mackey that describes the kind of future that can be possible when we choose 
to join God on this mission. And he said this, Christian faith involves trusting that at the center of the universe, there is a being overflowing with love for his world, which means that the purpose of human existence is to receive this love that has come to us in Jesus and then give it back out, creating an ecosystem of others-focused, self-giving love. One of my favorite places that I, that I get to see this ecosystem created is right here. You know, in the many people that call TMP home and are working to create a place where others can come and discover this love. And if that's something that maybe you're interested in looking into, into being a part of creating this ecosystem, something that I want you to know about is that out in the lobby, there's actually a Say Yes board, and it's full of all kinds of descriptions of things that happen at TMP week to week that, get, that actually work to create this ecosystem, this place where God's agape love is on display and inviting others to discover it. And so I don't know uh, where you're at in your spiritual journey, um, but let me leave us with this to consider. What could we see change in our world, in our lives, in our relationships, if we chose to receive this love that has come to us in Jesus and then to give it back out? If we chose to selflessly serve and put love into action? So if you'd like to join me, let's just take a minute and pray. So God, we want to thank you so much for your love for us. A love that you didn't just talk about, but a love that you showed us. In the way that you stepped down to earth, you walked with us, and you showed us a better way uh, to live. A better way to, to live in the way that you loved us and loved others by going to the cross, giving your life as the ultimate example of sacrificial and selfless love. Please help us to continue to understand your love in new ways and, and give us the courage to love like you've loved us. Amen.